Teddy, what can we not stop doing? We can't stop snapping or watching Snap or doing holiday stuff, which is why we've been a little bit delayed with this episode. But we have a doozy yep. of an episode for you guys. Two card releases, a f- official follow-up tournament to the previous Conquerors that we saw, and a huge meta shakeup in the last patch. Yeah. Ooh, Brad, how you been? I've been wonderful. How how was your uh, Thanksgiving and all that good stuff? Because I mean, we last recorded. Well, we recorded on the twentieth of November, right? That was the last one, so that was just I after believe Thanksgiving. So it's been it's been a hot minute. Thanksgiving for the Teddy household was fantastic. It was a trip. It was pickleball. It was all the good food. Ah, uh, yes. Now yes, we're so. back and already on the cusp of uh, of Christmas and another big trip. I've got family all over the country, so. Brad, are you are you more stationary down in Floridian? So my family likes to go to the Carolinas for Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that. Um, for example, Beautiful. I know I know my like basically like I the amount of times I've had that drive or taken that drive as like a passenger as a kid for like ten years straight, every year, twice a year at the very least. Um, I just don't want to do it anymore. So anytime that my parents uh, are like, "Hey, we're gonna probably go to uh, to Franklin," and I'm like, "That sounds. I hope you have a wonderful time. Have have a good time. I I do yeah. not want to go." Um, <laughs> and then we have the rest of our family kind of scatter around parts of Florida, but like for the most part, they just meet up there. So I will, for the time being, happily stay stationary here and not endure a twelve hour drive. There you go. And also, not play in the Marvel Snap Conquerors event. Neither of us received invites. Nope. Um, I think it would be wonderful if they could find a way to include more creators. I understand the logistics for competitors. It gets pretty hard to keep on expanding things, but maybe to do segments or share time with casting, maybe have cut, have us cut a couple pre-recorded like recorded interviews to be able to send in just to expand the number yeah. of people that get exposure and can be involved in part of the broadcast would be would be really cool. And then you can see more varied perspectives from across the community. So I think our community has a lot of depth and uh, we don't get to see it always with their official tournaments here. Yeah. And like, as we see the the conquerors in the background here, um, I think it's, you know, look, I think the idea of it is cool. Um, I just think that it's executed in a weird way. Um, I have a couple of gripes, I guess. Uh, the first one, the main one, I guess, is quite easily not enough people are involved in it. And it, it makes me confused as like who it's for. Right. Like, it be the structure of it and the fact that it's just like recognizable streamers and not necessarily the most competitive leaning streamers. Yeah, it's not it's not a strict cutoff of just the most competitive accounts. It's all right. content creators and then pulling them really based on like audience size. And then not even necessarily always just audience size, but then throwing them together. Um, and I understand that there's, you know, relationships with Second Dinner and um, other like scheduling conflicts that come into play as well. But yeah, it's it's a fun event. You get to see some really fun games. And I think they're going to keep on hopefully tweaking the formats to find more engaging formats. Yeah, just give us like 
prelims, give us qualifiers, let anyone enter them. And I want to see a genuine competitive tournament. I want to see someone pop up on screen that I've never heard of before. And they are just a really good player. And like, that's but no, I would love to see awesome. someone that like I've played, you know, who's ranked really high. Like yeah. I've played number, I've played Lambie plenty of times. I've played a G2 is like top three, top two sometimes here. Uh, so to get to see them and like, you know, a tournament with also the best of the best, but they're really grinding it out would be super fun, I think. Um, yes. That'd, that'd be and really we cool. already have the structure of like the monthly seasons where they're keeping track of your global rank. It feels easy to be able to integrate and like give an in, especially if they are now showing the what's unique to this event is that all of the competitors are on a tournament environment only playing other competitors. If Second Dinner right. now has the capacity to have this smaller side server that does this, it feels like you could invite the top 100, top 50 players, what have you, at the end of every season into something that's then on this extra server environment that also feels like they should be able to integrate like a screen share so that they could have an official cast without having to cut to like, you know, people broadcasting it themselves and then them piggybacking off of that. But... Yeah, just wait until are. they actually get the capabilities to spectate games. That'd be amazing. Thank you. And then potentially ban or you know restrict certain locations, so like ego doesn't show up in a competitive right. uh, match. Yeah, uh, stuff yeah. like that. District X, or even like imagine if like you could actually integrate like bans in general for like the players. Like they ban certain locations in general. Um, like maybe yep. you know your opponent has a destroyed decks. So you're like, okay, altar of death, not gonna show up. Right. Um, I, I don't know how well that could work because there's so many locations. So the odds of it showing up are already kind of slim. But I mean, if you could hedge your bets in any fashion, I would probably take it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, kind of a question of do you want to ban the ones that are just huge RNG factors or do you want to try and target ban locations that are beneficial to like a counter matchup of yours? You can kind of go down the rabbit trail of how you want to strategize with that. But I think it would be super interesting. and. The game is ripe for it. It's just a matter of where Second Dinner is this tiny but also multi-million dollar company is going to put their energy. They're a small indie company. Yeah, small indie company that's making so much money. Who now is without a publisher? Did you see this, Brad, that Newverse yeah, yeah. is um, backing going, out of gaming? Bye -bye. That was insane. The official quote that I saw was from a interview with one of the higher ups at Newverse, who it was actually asked explicitly about Snap, um, and they said that Snap was not, I repeat, not a financial success. I have no idea, <laughs> like it's missing so much context, right? Yeah, I I don't know who was being misled there. Did they think that it was going to be the next TikTok? Or was it like the initial investment of give it, getting the Marvel license like so expensive that it's paying itself back like slowly? I don't know. Yeah. Also, um, are you certain it was a representative from Newverse that said that quote? I thought like just like that was just a dig in the article itself um, by uh, Reuters. I think it was uh, who did the article initially. Yeah, uh, my memory was that they said that it was from a interview with a Newverse um, higher up, hmm. but that they didn't give the context of the rest of the conversation. Is it possible that because um, Newverse is uh, 
Oh, what what country is it? Is it is it Chinese? It's Chinese. It's the gaming wing of the company that owns TikTok. It's TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is it possible that there might have been like a, a language barrier potential? Because I mean, I, we have access to communicating with people from Newverse yeah. in the right. Creator Discord, and they speak English fine. Yeah. Um, but are those people handpicked as community member roles because they are bilingual and like this higher up potentially that they interviewed or you know wanted to interview doesn't like uh, th- th- I, that could be a possibility i don't want to assume right. if they're able to speak english or not because no frankly, like i don't yeah i i don't either and it was just <laughs> surprising to me to see that comment laid out because it seems like by all indicators that we see snap is alive and well and healthy at one mobile game of the year it's still in terms of earning reports is doing quite well the player yeah. base took off on global launch and has i believe continued to grow albeit slowly over the course of its existence and that's where you start to ask like active player base what's happening there versus like total player accounts and it still feels like i can find a match instantly and Mm -hmm. play a huge variety of opponents yeah so i I don't know what what the dig uh is with that quote i mean it might it might just be like like a just backhanded thing on the way out you know Uh, right because like it just sounds like if new versus basically what i took from it is like new versus like dissolving essentially like tiktok's just like the parent company that owns tiktok is just like nah we don't want we're not going to do gaming anymore yeah we're going to stick with our other properties that are making us more money and And i mean i I guess i mean i guess it might not be profitable or unprofitable enough i guess is the word that's true i i would be shocked like incredibly shocked because marvel snaps not like netflix who's going to operate in the red the entirety of the time because you know they're constantly putting money back into it uh, as they're getting it in and but the money they're putting uh into it as far as what netflix is spending is millions and millions of dollars to create shows or in like just like in-house that's their problem in that sense marvel snap doesn't need to do anything along those lines sure they're going to put money and resources into their product to make it better but i would be shocked if it was a larger amount that they are putting in themselves versus what they were getting out from the from the game itself right no i think that I think Snap is alive and well and will be here for a long time to come. They've already, the developers have confirmed, don't be worried anybody, they've they've confirmed that Snap yeah. is going to continue regardless of a publisher change or a publisher drop. They have this infrastructure on their own side to maintain the game and continue weekly card releases until the end of time. So <laughs> with that, we should probably pivot to two of the weekly card releases that we got hit with. So Bastion Shaw, does he, Brad? follow-up i mean the the pedigree for a battle pass card is pretty high right now how happy are you with with shaw and where he's been at so i mean shaw seems to go pretty much exclusively in surfer at the moment yeah um he's become a mainstay in every list i've seen uh even to the point of people playing okoye uh like in the surfer list which when we talked about shaw as far as being like data mind or like looking ahead a few weeks ago I was right. like, look, we'll probably see people try to be like Nakia, Okoye, in which both these are actually being played in server decks right now. Yep. And that's probably the wrong thing to do because I think you're going too far in. And I don't know. I still, like, I get it. 
like the dream is turn to Okoye and then you top deck Shaw after that yes. on turn three. And then you and play, then you Nikia. play Nikia. Like, and then he's just massive right off rip, yeah. right? Well, uh, it's either him or it's Brood, right? Right. Because right. whenever Shaw is getting buffed by one of these gals, he's getting plus three. Whenever Brood is getting buffed by either of these, Brood's getting plus three. Um, so you have with those two targets, I think people are finding the consistency to punch up more so than without these cards. Yeah, and then of course you have the Killmonger Nova package. Some yep. lists are running Dakin as well. I like Dakin and Surfer. It's just my only issue is when it's only Killmonger as your way to kind of activate him. I'm a yeah. little suspect of that because right. like in in other versions where people play Dakin before Shaw came out, you might have a teeny tiny package of like you run a single Colleen Wing as a nice two drop. Or you run like a single Carnage is another way to like eat up your Nova and the uh, the uh, the shard. Um, so yep. like you have a little bit of something there, but because you're playing Shaw, because you want to play Okoye and Nakia, you don't really have the space to do any of that. Um, but I guess to bring it back, Shaw's awesome. It's a very good card as far as it holding up against other season pass cards. I think this is more along the lines of a Modok or a Dakin for me. It's not necessarily like a, it's of course not a Loki. It's right. not a Elsa and it's not a Miss Marvel. I would say the bar is minimum. These cards should be similar to Modok in my mind, like Modok Dakin. Like as far you don't as want to see any goes. worse than that, right? Right, what you're exactly. Saying. Like that's like the, the floor. And yep. I think the ceiling should be Miss Marvel. Where I feel like she's very good. Miss Marvel I mean, is so good. good. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit there too. Um, it's like, I don't know, man. Miss Marvel is really good. I, I hit infinite with a deck using her. And she should be nerfed. What like in okay? What would you hit first? The the reach she has uh, as far as like the 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 Mister Fantastic type effect, or would you hit her base power first? Like, would you make her like let's say she, if she was a four three, right? Because like look at Mister Fantastic, he's a three two spreads two like that like that feels kind of like so if she was a four three spreads five, I feel yep. like that makes sense in my head of like that seems fine. Yeah, I do like the idea of her being weaker in her own lane and then really that makes her a lot more dependent on landing on the mid lane to get the most benefit because it's the same total power change if you changed her to like the 4-5 plus 4. Um, the 4-5 plus 4 means that you get less benefit from going all in on her, but I think mm -hmm. that not <clears throat> many decks are. Like the ones that were using Onslaught to double her or even Mystique to copy on her have fallen out of favor a little bit and it's kind of just like good cards Miss Marvel and she's best in class for cost. And the brain teaser of keeping unique cost cards in the adjacent locations is not actually that hard to solve. So it's pretty reliable that you get initiative and then yep. you can either clap people with, you know, whatever you need. And then the restriction that you have to have a card there to get the benefit is kind of papered over because you have so many tools like Jeff and Dr. Doom that can get into close up locations and then they really get a benefit from Ms. Marvel Landing. Yeah. So. Miss Marvel, I think, is like the ceiling. Like I could see I could see a world where secondary looks at a card like Miss Marvel and they're like, you know what? No, no, no. This is the exact power level we want to be like the tip top. Which right. 
personally, I don't think that's a crazy baseline. It's pushed, right? That's what I would call it. No, so I, I'm okay with the setup of the, when the card releases, it's going to be a little strong as people learn the decks. And mm-hmm. then as you refine the decks, you kind of expect it will get toned down a little bit, like Loki, just a full cost higher than where yeah. he started. That seems about right to me. Um, League of Legends does the same thing. <laughs> the new yeah. car, the new champions are super hot, and then you figure them out, and then they're like, "Okay, this was too strong," and now it's toned back, and now it's reasonable kind of thing. So yeah, so I would probably say Shaw is right in line with Dakin for me. Um, funny enough, they can go in the same deck, of course. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I Surfer is one of those decks where like I get an itch to play it, and then I do. And then I'm kind of like done after a few games. Like it's cool. I I got I got that hit of Sarah on five. I went into Shaw Maximus Surfer, and I felt really good when I won. And then I'm done. You probably still just squeaked it out up against whatever hawk nonsense was up against you, though. <laughs> oh uh, man, I've seen a lot of hate towards uh, Dark Hawk decks at the moment. I've seen a lot of people. Yeah just like fed up with it and stuff like that. And well, I it's, find that weird. Find it it's funny. because like the, the side grade of rock slide is finally like really settled on how aggressive it is when you can play him earlier, just all the mm-hmm. time. And the buff to black widow was like, who she is mean. Yeah. Now at the, with the negative power widows bite. Like that was actually a huge change for her. True. And I mean, I, I think, I don't know, I feel like the impact that Black Widow has is more of a mental thing, right? Yeah. Um, where like, even before when before she got buffed, whenever someone hit me with Widow's Bite, uh, and like, I'm just like, oh, I would have liked to draw on a card next turn, but yep. you know, that's fine, whatever. And then you move on. It's kind of like when someone ice mans your card and you're like, I wanted to play that next turn. All right. So I don't think she's that crazy impactful in that sense. I I also, I think her buff is one of those uh, instances where she could have been played in Darkhawk all along. And this is people realizing her true potential because of a buff to encourage them to play her. Where like she could have been good enough all along. It's in conjunction with nerfs to a lot of the other premium two-cost cards, whereas before you were just like, yeah, Angela makes more points, or yeah, Mobius is a no-brainer, or yeah, Elsa will make more points, et cetera, et cetera. And so those cards getting toned back, then she's really what fills the gap and playing her on curve, especially if you're playing a bouncing version with something that will return and hit you again. It is just brutal. The eliminated screen. Oh my God. It's like they died. (laughs) Wasted. I'm sorry. I was. I haven't been paying attention at all. It's just been nice background noise, and then I just see this, and it's like in memoriam. Rip. Yep. <laughs> yep. But they got the little sparkles, like they used to be happy, but they're in black and white because yeah. they're dead. And there right, you let's go. The leaderboard real quick. So where? So we got Lambie in second place, of course. Yep. Um, Johnson Atrix up there as well, yep. and Amano in first Amano. place. I'm not super familiar with Amano, clearly doing incredibly well here. They I might have are, to check out um, some of his content. They are, uh, I know Lambie knows them. Uh, nice. believe they're, I mean, I can't remember off, offhand, but I, I'm familiar enough 
with uh, with them. So this is the wow the semis is eight. Yep, now they're going into a bracket Andy stage. So the Doc. format was multiple half hour heats in a ranked ladder environment where they would just queue up uh, against anybody getting slowly a, a smaller and smaller field. And now this is top cut, which is going to be a bracket elimination with the friendly battle first to 10 um, conquest format. Who'd you vote for? Lambie. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> He's arguably the best player in the world. So yep. it's hard. It's hard not to vote for him. It is. Um, uh, well, I, I look forward to getting my, my death cock uh, variant. And uh, I'm not super thrilled about that variant, by the way. It's just nope. like cool. A little <laughs> like bit of least... a head scratcher on their choice there with that one. Yeah. Because um, he released as like a pack back with Jeff. Like maybe just like make the whole pack available. I don't know. They're making variants at such a rapid pace. I feel like a big bundle giveaway at the Christmas time could be really fun. <laughs> especially for active players. Like this is the time you double down on that kind of thing. Like it's the holidays. Kids are off from school. You take a vacation from work, et cetera. You're bogged in with your in-laws. What do you do? Play snap and I'll give you a ton of free stuff. You know, we'll see what they do. Do you think that they felt like the backlash, even though I would say it was virtually non-existent, um, of people being like, my favorite streamer didn't win, so I didn't get the exclusive Spectrum variant, and I'm sad. So they're like, we're not making it an exclusive variant this time around? Uh, Yeah, I kind of like that aspect of it, especially because if you already own the variant, they give you the full value in gold rather than like a random other variant. Um, so so if it pops up my shop in the next three hours, I should buy it. <laughs> I mean, it'll be the same thing for you either way. But if you had yeah. already acquired it, you don't have to feel left out. In fact, you're probably happier. <laughs> no. Yeah. Speaking right. of head scratching decisions, we had a huge patch, topsy turvy. Um, major reworks to multiple mainstay meta cards. I saw a lot of feedback right as the patch dropped, that it was the worst one ever, I think because they actually changed Chavez. <laughs> one of the cards that has been just unchanged for forever. Now with Blob, we get the full picture of like, I hadn't really been thinking about how insane Blob would be with um, old Chavez. But right. it would have been nuts. Because that's a guaranteed plus nine. Uh, in a lot if of you play this. Blob early, yes. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> And I was actually personally already moving away from... Like, I'm very happy with this change. I was personally already moving away from Chavez in a lot of my decks um, rather than just playing the quote-unquote 11-card deck with her in there. So I, I'm i happy with where she is. I think she's still a fun card. I was, in fact, still playing her with, uh, with Shaw. I had new yeah. Chavez in my Shaw deck that I hit infinite with. I got six in the world when we crested over the over the hill so <laughs> had a good time so let's start with chavez because the people or the overall community sentiment of just like this is awful this is the worst whatever there's nothing wrong with chavez um this is why i'm so happy that none of you are the developers none of you are in charge of the balance <laughs> wow um, you are all he's not coming uh, after you guys listening he's coming after everyone else guys remember that well if 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 you as a listener are no, very you are exempt you're completely exempt we do love you <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to work for a second dinner go at it 
we of course love you. We love all of our listeners and want to show support. However, I will say if you truly don't understand the aspect of where second dinner is coming from as to why they want to make this change, because they felt overall it was in the long run unhealthy for the game in the sense of having a 11 card deck for a lot of archetypes. Um, sure. They understand the collateral damage of hitting discard, which is like the deck that actually played Chavez, like the only one. However, which one? Cause I was going to say, which one? Discard, like a box. discard, yeah. So it's discard and lockjaw, right? Those are the right. two. Yeah. Well, because you, you're, but I mean, lockjaw is usually cheating her out <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that was like a big deal for lockjaw. Is that you knew you had Chavez in the deck. True. But in general, like I agree with this change because I did an article for CCG Hub about a month ago, and it was like a premium article or whatever, and it was talking about all the math behind Chavez and why it is a when not an if that she will be changed. Like it is not good for the game in the long run. And look at that. To have something that has so much meta share, but is never played or rarely played is just not great. And we already have such a small deck that it's, our game is way more consistent decks than most other collectible card games already. And so the uh, moving her makes sense. They are giving back to both Lockjaw and Discard, just not immediately, right? Because we have a data mine of Beta Ray Bill, who looks insane for Lockjaw. It's just a more expensive Thor. And then oh, we have yeah. a whole Dude. slew of Discard-centric, um, what is it, Black Order cards? Yeah. The the Children of Thanos there, coming out in... Is that all the way out in February, though? It is. That's the February yeah. one. The January so, one is the better Beta Ray Bill and uh, and like your Thor-ish season. Yep. Yep. So really exciting things for those archetypes coming along to just immediately slot in that spot of what old Chavez uh, was and doing for them. If you're looking on the screen here, uh, Lockjaw, De- Lockjaw Dex could like this guy too. Um, it, there is a little bit of give and take with it. You know, if, uh, if you get him early and your hand is bad, then whoopsie daisy. <laughs> Um, well, so but, that's the thing. If you get them early, what's the bad hand? The bad hand is actually drawing big cards, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's a really different way of thinking about the game. The lockjaw poison is like if you swap him in early and then you don't get the draw for the rest of the game, that could be really harsh, but he'll be huge. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we had some other changes uh, with that patch, not just the Chavez change, but let's go through the list. Uh, so next one, let's go with Luke Cage. Luke Cage going from a 2-2 ongoing. Everything is immune from having their power reduced to now only in this lane. By the way, he's a 2-3 now. So tragic. Frankly, this one was a bit of a head scratcher for me because, I mean, one, it kills largely Cerebro 2s. Two, I wasn't seeing much Luke Cage, nor do I see cards on the horizon that necessarily like hinge on him. I don't know. What's been your experience? Well, they were saying that um, they they were kind of taking the stance on global effects in general. Um, yep. They wanted more lane centric stuff, and they felt that it was just going to be, you know, their philosophy moving forward. And I, I can understand that, and I kind of agree with it. My only issue with this is the sense of like it. Look at Hazmat, for example, right? That just kind yeah. of kills that deck. 
because they'd already balanced so many cards around the current Luke Cage, like Typhoid Mary, Hazmat. Yeah. You have Lizard in there. Lizard is pretty easy to play alongside Luke Cage and et cetera, but especially Hazmat. Um, Shadow King is way harder. What if the... Okay, I have an interesting way that you can make this work a bit better. Maybe. It might it might just be the uh, an issue again, but it still is the lane thing. So keep Luke Cage affecting a specific lane, but affecting it in the sense that... Uh, okay, it's, it's hard to word this. So right now it says, um, like, cards in this lane can't have their power reduced, right? Yep. Um, what if it was cards in this lane can't have their power reduced and can't reduce the power of others. Okay. So what that means so is... So if Typhoid have... Mary is played on Luke Cage's lane, she would not hurt yes, your other lanes. Exactly. But that still makes it so you have to play them on top of each other and Hazmat as well. It confines board space like they want, right? It doesn't make it just easy global and you just play it, forget about it. You, there's still a cost to it. I don't know if that'd be too good because you're leaning a little bit back into what it was. It's still, yeah, but it's still I a mean, nerve. I might like just seeing these other cards get alterations to kind of balance around it. Typhoid Mary, of course, still going to be good alongside Zero. Razmat, right. if she got made a one cost, oh, baby, that'd be fun. If she just got a little bit more power on her own body, would also be fun. And then like, because you want to marry Luke Cage to Man Thing, you need Man Thing to like be debuffing the other cards. I, I don't know exactly. So, well, I mean, he would. It was still so. Again, in this iteration of Luke Cage, it would still work the same way in the sense it doesn't reduce your own stuff. It still affects your opponent's stuff. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. So, Man yeah. Thing in that sense would still work, right? Um, it's I'm just more like, on, yeah more on board with that but i also understand their stance of our two costs were really pushed yeah i mean we had a we had a season where just the best decks was like six two cost cards or more because they were all best in slot and you would rather waste energy and play a two cost than play something more expensive which is just not where they really wanted to be so yeah, so like many things have either deck. been what was that like the silky smooth deck was just yeah two exactly cost that that was the epitome of like how much power creep was in the two cost price point. And that was when people were crying for Electra to kill two costs because you just had to have something to rein them in. And now they're like, we're not going to do that, but we're going to change all the two costs you love, including Elsa, who was a big component of that silky smooth deck. Now she only affects her lane as well. So it's meant to be kind of symmetrical to the Luke Cage change. I've heard Glenn is potentially going to be walking something back or giving Elsa a little more um, because now she's very hard to to get off. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that it's too big of an issue with Elsa because, like, what? Like, the best cards with Elsa are still the move stuff, right? Like um, yep. Nightcrawler, Jeff. That's the thing is in the... And the majority of times, you were trying to play cards to her lane anyway. You would right. have her fill one lane and have cards that would then move away with a buff and just be a little bit more punchy. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I, I don't mind her in her current state. I guess, again, I don't have access to all the data, of course, like uh, like, like Glenn does in, in uh, the segment of her team in general. So 
sure. Um, if, if they feel like they need to change her or kind of give her some love again, I, I don't, I don't mind it. I'm more than happy to see things get buffed. Uh, but my initial thought was that like, it's, it's probably fine at the moment, but we'll see. I, I don't really, this one didn't really bother me much. Yeah. Or at all. It's crazy looking at how many stats she provides compared to some other two costs when you're like, yeah, yeah. I'll play Chavez at a 2-3 plus 2 to my next card. Well, what about Elsa Bloodstone? 2-3 plus 2 to any card filling a lane, which can be up to like 6 cards in a game. It's just nuts. Well, keeping it at 2 cost, the next one we have a Shadow King. It's just a 2-2 yep. two, two now. Um, that was cool. And uh, Deserved. It's, yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine. Still one of the best cards in the game. Absolutely. One of the best tech cards. Red, what is your top five cards? My top five cards. Mm-hmm. No particular order. Does Shadow King make the list? So let's say Darkhawk, Miss Marvel have to yep. be in your, in your top five. Yep. Um, I think Eliath is still there for me. Eliath is still We're going to cool. talk about him. He got changed yep, pretty dramatically, but I... I would still put him there, yeah. In some instances, his change is a buff because of uh, Invisible Woman and Dark Dimensions. I have won so many games that way. Okay, true, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, So those three, I I would say, yeah, Shadow King definitely cuts it. It it makes it. I'm trying to Shadow King Jeff rounds it out. Struggling on the fifth one. Probably, oh, Loki. Loki. Loki? Because, I mean, you also have Jeff and Iron Lad, right? That yeah, are just meta um, mainstays, but Jeff do they and make Iron that? Lad are, are top ten cards for me? Okay, but Jeff and Legion? Iron Lad, which one? Legion. Legion's a top ten card. Yeah, I've been playing Legion a lot recently, and he's still really good. Well, here's the difference. You know why these cards are my top ten? Because what I named I named um, Darkhawk, Miss Marvel, Eliath, um, and uh, the, 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 the Shadow King and Loki. These yep. are all. With, I guess, you could argue Eliath being the bottom of this, you know, category. These are all build around cards. Cards that you want to The Marvel Snap channel trying to make money on ads for people watching this. I don't know. Um, But they are all build around cards, right? Yes. Jeff is very good. A top 10 card, of course. Iron Lad's very good, a top 10 card, but you're not building an Iron Lad deck. You're not building a Jeff deck. You're building no. a Darkhawk deck. You're building a Loki deck, right? Yeah. Um, and even to a lesser extent, yeah, you're building a Miss Marvel deck. And a life doesn't go in every single deck. There are plenty where you're just like, well, here's my core of cards. A life fits really nice with this core of cards. What's everything else, right? Yep. So uh, that's that's probably where my criteria would be. Do you have anything else that kind of like moves the needle at all? No, I think that's a really good criteria. I would put Renslayer very highly. I might be putting her in place of Eliath just on recent, mostly in recent experience five? of mine. Yeah, Renslayer's <clears throat> Mac. She got me from uh, 150 to 88 over the last like two days. So okay, it's been fun. I am playing what list is Renslayer. What list? It's a Renslayer Hawk deck. Does that it also like the, is it still doing like the Goblin stuff and things like that? So it was, and then I traded <clears throat> those for Iron Man and Morph. Morph which has been yep. I find them hitting a little bit harder than the Goblins. I've tried some Ravona lists. I just can't get around to 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just having really bad luck. Also, I'll I'm get you hooked up on the sauce. Don't worry. All right. Well, she got changed from a two one to a two three. By the way, so that was lovely, lovely. <clears throat> so there's that one, and then we have we still have other changes here. Good God. Okay, Eliath. We teased on that one. Eliath is now a six two, and only hits unrevealed enemy cards rather than all of them. Um, which I, I actually love. Yeah, go ahead. Change. Yes. I love it. Because this still fits the bill of what Eliath was designed for, what his role is still is, caring yep. about priority and stopping the decks that are trying to dodge priority, like uh, a Kitty Pride, which also got changed back to a one-one, by the way, spoiler, um, and like all like the bounce decks and all the stuff that want to dodge it uh, to kind of not care about Shang Chi and things like that. Also worth noting that again, if they have an Invisible Woman, like the Living Tribunal Hella deck, for example or there's a Dark Dimensions, and you have priority, and your life flips up first, they all die. All of them. It's beautiful. It feels incredibly satisfying, and I actually thought this would kill a Lyoth at first. So I saw it. I saw the patch changes in conjunction with the Datamine, right? The Datamine has revealed <coughs> Supergiant, which is going to be a one-cost card coming that will keep all cards played on the turn that it's played and the following turn unrevealed until the end of the game so you could at some point in the mid game just blot out the reveals of a bunch yeah. of opposing cards you can then by the end of the game understand what kind of deck they are playing anticipate what cards they played because you want to remember the cost of those cards and then alioth them into nothing which would be really funny <laughs> if you think about it also if you're ahead in initiative at some point in the mid game you could just play super giant and then stay ahead <laughs> yep guaranteed um so there's some really interesting stuff there that's gonna make Eliath hit even harder but then i just started playing my ms marvel gain tempo play Eliath deck and was still winning so yeah. Eliath still feels fine just like right now without super giant which is scary yeah, i agree and again i hit infinite with the um it was a, uh, a Nihilus Lockdown deck. Um, Purple People Eaters? V2? No, not quite. There's no Darkhawk in it. Um, it's It's got uh, the Sentry stuff, and it's got um, it's got Hood, Sentry, uh, Black Widow, and then... An, Amazing an how much tempo you can gain in Sentry into a Nihilus on five. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's like, very it's good. Really and impressive. Having the plan B of just like... Of course, Nebula, Storm. Um, I love the curve of just going Nebula, far right lane on one. Okay, yep. Black Widow, somewhere. Who cares? Yep. Turn three, Storm the right lane. Turn four, Sentry. Turn five, Annihilus. Void goes over in the Storm lane. They can't do anything about it. And then turn six, Alive. It's yep. so satisfying. It's no, such Mine a was doing exactly that, but instead of the junk package, it was like Wave, Doctor Doom, Miss Marvel. Ah, yeah. But this one's also yeah. running Miss Marvel nice um if you can fit it in there like it i wasn't too worried about doing like the zabu stuff or whatever but anyway uh like i said kitty pride's a one one now emily blade yep. the card that black knight produces got a huge buff going from a 4-0 to a 4-0 with ongoing that it cannot be destroyed or have its power reduced so no shang chi no shadow king and more importantly no death's domain no altar of death um no uh what's it called the uh quantum realm right yep. like it just has all this reach and you know what it's still just okay <laughs> really i was gonna say this is actually a big deal for the meta i've seen a lot of players within like the top 2000 running this deck and this is the heir apparent to the apocalypse discard that really got mm. hurt by chavez 
So this is what Discard needed to stay alive. Um, I think people are still trying to crack the deck in terms of like, do you play Hella with it? Do you not play Hella? Do you lean in with Moon Girl? Um, and then like, because Zabu and Quinjet can give you some really cheap blades, like yeah. really, really cheap blades. There's some pretty fun stuff that you can do. No, I, think, so I, I think like the it deck quite a bit. is perfectly fine. I just think it's like, I think it's tier two, tier 2.5. Yeah. No, I'd be fair. It's fair with that because it really hinges on having Black Knight set up early. And right. if you're not getting it, then you're like, I'm on retreat status <laughs> just on that. Yeah, it's once we figure out the actual good plan B for it, because um, like you don't want to make it just a traditional regular discard deck just subbing Chavez for Black Knight instead because yep. then you're not hitting the big card like you want to and it's just too like too small or whatever i i have the plan b for you are we done with changes uh mindstone draws two one cost cards now instead of two yep. stones because they're playing with the idea of generating stones uh not from thanos in future locations something like that which we saw one that was right. data mine gives you a random right. infinity stone um so <clears throat> this was future proofing for that they will yep. look to possibly adjust it and buff thanos in some capacity later on if they deem it to be necessary i have found this change to mean jack shit because yeah. i don't play one cost in my deck for thanos anyway except for nico who's just a right. seventh infinity stone anyway so being able to draw her off a of mind stone is actually really cool so yeah exactly <clears throat> so i think it's, it's pretty good and then they did like blanket changes to some cards will be able to move unrevealed cards. Most cards will not. Look at that. Now, out of all of that, like subset of interactions, those are pretty minor. But our Spider-Man, plan B, Agron, all that good stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, poor Arrow. <laughs> Arrow got me. Yeah, she's still worse. actually fine. Um, I was. Uh, I had a bad I experience would... trying her out today, but oh, the good experience too. is alongside Black Knight. Your plan B is Blob. Wait, what? Plan B for a Black Knight deck is Blob. Oh, You're blob. already running a ton of huge bodies. Blob hits yeah. for like 20 plus power easy. Maybe 30 power, actually, pretty easily. So he is nuts. Yeah, so Blob has been really fun. Yeah. I'm, I was trying a ramp deck with it where it's just like, you know, Electro, and you're just running like, you know, just Taskmaster with all the other big stuff, right? Yeah. And on average, my even when I would have games where I like, I have Giganto and like Infinite in hand, right? And I'm just yep. like, damn, that sucks. And I'm like, well, I'll play Blob anyway. He's still 30 power. And I'm like, how? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, well, you played it, him on turn five and you probably yeah. ate like uh, Odin and an arrow. Are you playing arrow in there? Yeah, I am. Yeah. It is uh is it intended that he eats the effects of your splits have you the particle that? effects yeah <laughs> there's a bunch of weird stuff i've seen like, so many a, bugs bug? because when you play him you can't <clears throat> click on him i think it's because all the merged cards and then the particle effects get like really big around his lane yeah, exactly it, looks it was cool. like interfering with me clicking on any of the cards on his lane and oh, I, then, I, was, I was able to figure out and finesse it to be able to because once you can click on them, you can cycle through all the cards he hit. Yes, yes. So, which I think is awesome that you can yeah. do that. Yeah. So, um, looks cool. Just though. needs a couple of UI polish here for because it's a little stuttery right now. And man, I had I had the game 
where the opponent had Hawk Mystique and I blob. Yep. <laughs> and just the moment of watching him get fatter and fatter and both of them go to zero was brilliant. I just... And then I had a game where my opponent hit me with um, both Yandu and Gladiator and they uh, brought the Yandu back around with a Falcon or something and I had no cards in deck and I was just crying over here. Brad, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> and then you're just playing a 6-4 that can't be moved. Uh, so, I don't <laughs> the, know. the ongoing is just a little, don't play this with Sauron because that would be yeah. too good. I uh, I had uh, I remember I was playing it I was playing a game and I was like trying to map it out because I was like okay I can ramp into this I have wave on three I can play this on four um, yep. I want to play it in this lane because the Bifrost is going to go off on this lane too and I, I want him to move over into the lane it was in the vault I want him to move oh, into the no. vault and I was like and also I just watch all my cards go and he's just like so <laughs> just I'm like oh shit I forgot about that you don't move you don't that's move. so random. <laughs> I like yeah. how that was the that was the original ability. He was originally what a three. We did a review of terrible cards that would have to be changed to be released, and Blob was like at the top of the list. Yeah, he look at him bad. now. I like how they kept the ongoing though. It's it's cute. It is he's, cute. He's he's good. I, I now is he a top ten card? I don't think so at this moment in time. Um, no. He's probably a top 20 card because his ceiling, his ceiling has to be respected, right? Yeah. But his floor is fucking terrible. It's also really a question of like, what shell are you putting him in that's going to be most successful? Because you can do something that's really built around him, like the ramp. I'm going to play him early and then I'm going to copy the power with either Zola or Taskmaster. Or Mm -hmm. he's just like the good cards deck and he normally hits for like eh, 15 and that's good enough kind of thing because yeah, I'm making yeah. tempo and then I blob. So we'll see what ends up kind of kind of settling because he's good and he's he's playable in discard Shuri and ramp. Um, and Thanos. So I love seeing, what was that? Thanos. Yep, Thanos with Okoye especially. Man, Okoye buffing the whole deck when you got all the Thanos yeah, stones. I, uh, makes me happy because I, I liked playing Okoye back when we had the Quinjet interaction with Thanos yep. and being able to go back to that. Also, let's just... Give some respect to Okoye for a second of like a card that was just not played at all, but back-to-back cards, Shaw and the Blob have brought life to Okoye as a card where like before, maybe a few weeks ago, we might've been seeing like saying like, Hey, maybe she needs a minor adjustment, a minor tweak, right? Um, She can't probably go back to being a one cost or whatever. Uh, So it's, it's hard to say, right? Uh, but so now Brad, it's like, can we you... play a Shaw Blob? Blob Shaw? Blob? Sebastian uh, Blob? Okay, hold on. Now, a top end Blob in Surfer. Yep, because you've got Gladiator and Max. Yep, that's, that's. Uh, I mean, even if he's just, because like, if you don't draw on a Surfer and you get the Blob... He can still be a decent size, even if he's like a six ten. That's you cringe. I don't a little think a six ten like, is good enough, but I think it is. I think I think like that's probably his average floor, right? It should be higher, man. It should at least be like a six twelve. Well, his average floor, not his average in general. 
is average gotcha. is probably when you take in consideration Maximus, Polaris, you know, um, Gladiator and stuff like that. If, you, probably if you're hoping to catch like either stuff. Max or Gladiator, right there, that's 11. And then any other two cards should put you a little higher. Yeah, even if those two cards were both two power, he's 15. Yeah. So that, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I'm interested in it. I, I like the card a lot. I think it's fun. Yeah. I just I don't know how competitive it's going to be. I think it's always going to be that kind of card where you're like, there's a deck. Um, also, by the way, I don't know why. I, I know he doesn't because I know his ongoing is just he can't be moved, but my brain's mm-hmm. like, Shang-Chi can't hurt him. <laughs> my brain is like, he's Colossus. You can't yeah. move him. You can't reduce him. You can't punch him. But it turns yeah. out you can punch him and reduce him. So yeah, you can you can blow yeah. him up. Shadow King is king still. Yeah. So maybe you don't want priority with. I don't know. It's tough. I like honestly. Him. Shadow King is at his is at his heyday. He's already on the way out. Shang Chi is the new the new hotness, and then that's pretty hard to land on a both. turn six flip. Both is cool. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, Shadow King. You know, one lane. Uh, like, okay, you can. Man, I'm, like, let's say they. I'm fully on. Like, can Sarah Control come back with like everything that we've seen getting played popularly now? It was gonna be better um, when you had old um, Bloodstone, but I played against today. A um, a like a it felt like an anti-meta deck. It was um, I only saw half the deck, but it was turn one they played uh, Spider Ham, hit my Miss Marvel, and I was like, damn, yep. yep, um, that's almost a snap right there, right? Uh, then they had Goose played that on Baxter Building, and I was like, all right, um, oh man, it was uh, I know they also played um. They put Enchantress in that deck as well. They might have played their own Miss Marvel. Like it was, yep. a, it was an interesting. Oh, they put they played Jeff too. Um, it was just it felt like just this anti-meta show of like I'm not going to let you do anything. Oh, they also played Shadow King. Shadow King's in there as well. So yep. like, yeah, there could be something too, like a Sarah Control deck or just like an anti-meta deck. I've been saying for a while like you should be playing like if your deck if you think your deck can make it work. Or if it's it's a deck that has a need for two drops and the average curve is something that you can make work uh, as far as like getting underneath it, Goose yeah. is awesome. Goose yeah. is an awesome card. Like, do you not want your opponent to ally with you? Well, guess what? Goose says you can't. You can't even get yep. there. Can't even get anything big in there. Also, wait, the comic werewolf is out? He has mm-hmm. it. This is in the test environment, so they're able to get unreleased variants. Uh, I'm so sad. They're like accounts that second in are created for everyone, so they all have like gray border, but new variants. Oh, yeah, they are a gray border. That's weird. All right, well, but yeah, uh, <laughs> anti-meta stuff and like just goose in general, I think is really cool. You should play more of it. If, it, if you can make it work, of course, don't force it, but... I think it's an underrated card. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, Blob's going to be pretty spicy to see where he lands up against Hawk. 
because I feel like it's one of those pendulum cards, similar to how Luke Cage used to be with the Living Tri- or High Evolutionary. It's like if Hawk yeah. stays in a really large meta share, then Blob is going to have this incredible winning matchup. But then as soon as like it's Blob is too much, and then Hawk is not enough, and he loses that, I think he's going to lose more to the other decks. And then you play him less, and then you play Hawk more because there's less Blob, and it goes back and forth. I mean, that's a deck that drives me insane. Um, I've been seeing so much Haivo, the Haivo uh, High Evolution, essentially, like that yeah. list. With yep. like Which might like be that. able to play Blob yeah. too now. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, it's oh, you didn't draw what you not wanted. Well, here you go. You still get it, right? So, I even had someone in chat playing Blob with a destroy, and that if you didn't hit your null, Blob will take the power of null from deck. So wow. he's a double consistency on getting that finisher, and it could possibly hit death in there too. That's twelve power. Exactly, right there is huh. insane. But now death. Death you do better list. on the discount, but it's still mm-hmm. a big blob. But that's another list where it's like, what are the cuts? Like you gotta you gotta fit death, null, and blob in your destroy list. Like I think he was teching it as a pretty high end with like Zola as well oh to do like God. Zola blob tricks and running destroyer. Because you can put like a lot of beefy boys in a destroyed deck and run real light on the low end. And then, like, play magic and use your energy cheat on X23 to go, like, high end to the moon. I guess. Oh, I don't we... know if it's as good as what we see right now with more of, like, a tempo Deadpool deck, but. We missed the card, by the way. Um, the Firebird, Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Got that, Big got that bug finally fixed where you can actually move the copies of uh, your multiple man and stuff like that. So, um, so good. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people thought it would be too good. Um, I'm just like, if they hit it, they hit it, and I just retreat. Bye bye. Yeah. You know, right. like that's that's kind of how the deck feels now. Um, they're they're Plan B of like you know Shuri and like uh, Nimrod kind of stuff. Feels, you know, it feels good. Like I like having that Plan B. I've always liked that Plan B in that deck. But as an opponent, I'm just like. I can probably probably beat that. It's, it's an interesting world out there with where Phoenix Force is at. Because I've seen Phoenix Force in that uh, deck where you play the Nimrod. I've seen yep. Phoenix Force in a Shuri deck where you're also playing Red Skull Taskmaster. I've seen Phoenix Force piloted by Jeet, rank 2 or 3 in the world. That's a Deadpool destroy Phoenix Force deck with an Eliath kicker. <laughs> and he's like playing it consistently at the top very very top of the leaderboard which is crazy and i've also seen just move decks for like the first time in a number of seasons like a fair number of people just playing move decks which if we look at that deck i would really love to see heimdall come down in cost um but it's been consistently buffed over and over again because you've got the decrease in cost of um professor dr strange you've had the decrease in cost of forge you have Nico just exists now. <laughs> and between those, it's looking pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, I, man, move is one of those decks where like, I feel like it's always been sneaky solid. Like again, like a tier three, tier 2.5 kind of deck where it's just, 
I, I think people find it too much of a headache to play. I think there's a little bit yeah. of a barrier of entry uh, to that kind of list. Um, but like, you know, like turn four, just do vulture ghost spider, like in a single spot is pretty nice. And then like a turn five, you can do like, uh, do what? Like what's another three cost in, uh, is there any other three costs in the move list? They don't run as many now. They play pretty cheaply, and then you can either recycle with like Falcon Beast, or you can uh, yeah, yeah. go into yeah, some other options. Deck is cool. Yep. There's it's, just a lot of stuff cool to be able to do. To to open yep. meta, I, I think this change, this patch was a it was a good thing. I think we're going to look back on it as as like a big turning point for like because because we saw two two big things happen with this patch. You have the change for Chavez, of course which is a philosophical change at the end of the day um, of like where they want the game to be in a later state or where they want the future of snap to kind of, you know, land. And then the other thing is Elsa, Luke cage. These are both changes that have this shared philosophy of single lane manipulation as opposed to right. effects. And that's also something that's going to affect the future aspect of Marvel snap. So I really think this is probably the most important patch uh if we look forward like the next year or so yeah i would agree especially with it coming on the heels of the shang chi change that was a long time coming uh which was a great change i think and then we've seen a couple other like they've often given us a major redesign every couple of months but yeah the chavez one is enormous what's next week's card Next week, we're looking at Celine, I believe. Yes. Yes, exactly. We're both we're both looking forward to this one. That a is lot. the card besides Fire... Firestar? Firestar, yeah. Besides her, this this uh, Celine was my number one. Firestar Brad, have my you... Two. Um, did, when do you think you're getting Firestar? Never, probably. Okay, I was making sure that you knew that he's oh, you know, been, I, I she's knew been cut from the, from, the, from the month. I was really worried there for a second when you were like, but Firestar's fine. And I'm like, we're not getting Firestar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they're going to fit in Firestar. Um, it's weird. No, I was like, what the heck? Because the data mines are now out till February. And it's like, no Firestar? No, admittedly, the Firestar that I saw shouldn't be in the game in the state that I saw. <laughs> it looked broken. It's so busted. Um, and apparently, it, like a based on the fact that it got removed, I would also feel like it was breaking the game too. Um, no, I think it's like, it's like this should be a redesign, not just a change around. Yeah. So we'll eventually see her again, but Celine, yeah. A, oh, a one, one, I'm sorry. A one negative one that uh, afflicts negative three to the lowest power card in each player's hand. So, if you have Green Goblin in your hand, look at that. You have a three negative six going their way. You have the hood in yep. your hand. You get a one negative uh, six going their way potentially with uh, the thanks to like a Viper or whatever. Um, and Even then like a Black Widow, it. right? Turning it into a negative two that then you're going to push across. Yeah. Or her buddy Havoc releasing later on something that looks pretty devastating to be given to your board if you're not ready to plan on it going to lock you out of being able to play your higher cost cards period um can you imagine high evolutionary deck is like setting up their full turn pass and then you give them havoc and they don't have enough energy to do what they wanted to do (laughs) yeah 
Oh, man. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to feel about that being in the, like, I, I like prison-y type of stuff. I'm a big fan of like a death and taxes type of uh, deck for Marvel Snap. And um, yeah. Uh, we'll, so are see. We, we'll see. Are we clear on how Havoc operates? Does Havoc lock you at the energy level you're at at the time that he is played? Or does Havoc work as a reverse electro and keep you one under what you should be at every turn? It locks. So, so Havoc on turn two, you only have max two energy every turn. Correct. That's crazy. <laughs> so if you play... If you play Havoc on two, Viper it on three, then yep. I believe you will grow back up to five person, like yep. on your side, uh, for to go into turn six. Like you'll still be that one underneath, right? Um, right. But then they'll be locked at three for the rest of the game. Yep. And you have Shadow King to reset their Havoc at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's, he's definitely like if he, he seems super interesting to me honestly i think people are sleeping on him being a good a stealth a sneaky good card because you could play him yourself towards yeah. the end of the game if your deck is teched to not really need that extra and like play just, if you just play him on turn six then turn five or well does he does he trigger on turn six if you float i thought that's at the worked. beginning of the turn i believe is it hmm well, I mean, yep. if you play him on turn five, then you lock yourself at five. No, it's turn. after each turn. Okay, yeah. So if you play it's him on right. six and you have any energy to float, like just one, then like if you just play him in like a three cost on six, he's a two four. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Or play him on five. You know, you're going to lose one extra energy, but yeah. Yeah. And then he's a two eight. Oh. Yeah, I think turn five havocs. Look out for it. It's either turn five havoc or like turn four. You havoc and viper simultaneously to hold the opponent from being able to play any five or six cost cards. Yeah, so I think seeing Celine havoc viper uh, annihilus like that could be just a deck. Um, yes, and uh, I'm I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of that archetype. So. I cannot wait for Celine next week. I am way more excited for Celine than I am the Blob. Um, did you Same. get the Hellfire variant though for the Blob? Uh, no, I just opened for Blob. The Hellfire variants, ooh, they are looking fine. What is your favorite? Um, uh, my and favorite there is a right is answer. The, is the Moon Knight? I was gonna say Moon Knight is is incredible. I, it might be magic for me though. Moon Knight or Magic for me. So I did a tier list uh, video um, that is okay. unreleased at this moment in time. Um, uh, I haven't finished, finished editing it. Um, and it might never be released based on the fact that the knows? Hellfire Gala might. You know, it's 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 kind of evergreen. There'll always be variants in the game. But like, you know, yep. for now, uh, I haven't released it yet. And maybe I won't. Not for a while. Uh, but I have my f- tiers, right? And one of my tiers was uh, called Icarus, where I said these variants <laughs> flew a bit too close to the sun for me. <laughs> they tried, they really went for it, and okay. uh, they got burned, in my opinion. And magic, magic looks burned. In, magic landed in Icarus for me. I, and oh, okay, gotcha. And where do you put other... a thirst trap, Captain Marvel? And are you going to be purchasing nine Hellfire variants to be able to get her? So. The 
Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. She's in the she's in the album, right? She yeah, is. So she was in my uh, my money is no object here, which is the uh-huh. very top. I love okay. that variant. Like I thought, like basically my criteria for these variants are like, are their outfits and stuff like that like representative of like how I feel the character should be? Like, does yep. it feel like like for example, like Professor X was mid for me, even though it's a season pass one that you get essentially for free. Um, but I'm like, it feels weird. It just feels, it's like, it's, it's, it's very gaudy and I, I can dig what they're going for, but it's a little goofy for my taste. Um, whereas Captain Marvel's feels like the character. There's great contrast from the backdrop behind her. And also just the angle of which the perspective is of how you're looking at her. Uh, same thing with like, it's a great Rogue. perspective. We have with like rogue with, um, uh, Captain America was a great one as well. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like that's like in like Moon Knight. I wish Captain America was playable. <laughs> yeah, he's more playable than Moon Knight. <laughs> oh, it hurts, but it's true, Gambit. That's what, that's what Discard needs. Discard needs to buff Moon Knight. <laughs> that's what they need. They really need to buff Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was my whole thing. Is like, is there great contrast? Is the perspective nice? Is the angle of the card and the what, what you're seeing nice? Like, um, for like, I did a tier list on like the, like venomized variants. Right. And red skull was one of my lower ones because I think the pose is goofy. Sure. Now, you know, the, uh, the Thor and, um, lady Sif venomized variants that were in that bundle. I mean, the point is they're all like web slinging, right? But yeah. yeah, yeah. So remember the Thor and lady Sif variants from that bundle? So that, their poses are fantastic. The over Amazing. the shoulder, looking back, holding their weapons, and all yep. the, the electricity or like the, the the color coming off the weapons are so cool. Now imagine I... imagine Red Skull. Hear me out. Imagine mm-hmm. Red Skull in that pose, a little bit of a James Bond kind of thing, holding up the Walter P thirty eight. You see the trench coat with the venomized uh, insignia on the back of his trench coat because I thought that was a cool touch, and that was the Red Skull variants for that. That'd be amazing. It'd be sick. I I love the idea of the Red Skull one. Like the Venom's not even over his head. His head is still like open yeah. and all red. And then the rest of the suit is like Venom. Teeth. He still has the Venom mouth and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. It like comes up to it's like a, yeah. a chin, but then his, his eyes and his forehead are all up. It's so, so goofy. But yeah, I, I, now, I, like I forget of... that Scorpion is even a Venomized variant. That one I is hate it. I hate that so one. bad. Dude, they okay. Google real quick. Google venomized. Uh, actually, I'll do it real quick. Um, venom, like venomized scorpion. Like there is a cover that is so good. Oh, dude, that's so much better. Right. Just all hulked I out. Old scorpion, like a dummy, but. And I feel like yeah, venom with the scorpion tail is ripe fodder for a cool variant, but just didn't quite deliver in the card art. Like it's this one, yeah, this one, yeah, this one is sick. Yep. Like this should have been the variant, right? They, they did my boy so dirty. Slap a slap a tutu on the corner there. Yeah, like this. This is amazing looking, but instead we got this dude. <laughs> ah, I'm coming at you, Spider Man. So goofy. <laughs> 
That's yep. the problem with most of the Venomized variants. They just kind of look goofy. But the Hellfire ones are pretty cool for the most part. Um, I will say, unless you get it split gold, I don't like the Doctor Doom one. For the... What? This one yeah. the best. I, the I hood, disagree. the fur, the mask. Yeah, I, 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 High I fashion. understand the appeal. It is fashion. I understand the appeal. I can yep. see the vision. But I cannot get over, with a lot of these, the making of the backdrop behind them, the same color scheme as the outfit they're wearing. Give me contrast. Let the colors pop. The fire star is another great example. There's a little bit of contrast, but there's these two mm-hmm. things on the either side of her yeah. where it's the same exact color as her outfit. And unless you pull up a large image of it, like look at the screen like, like right now, like the, how we see Lambie playing something like that. So look at that yep. mirage. I can see what's going on with that mirage, even with it being as small as it is, right? I can kind of understand the gist of what's going on there. Right. right, she's on a bike. I see the contrast. I see her. Cool. If that was Firestar with that variant, I can't tell what's going on on the side of her because I don't know what that is. It's the same color as her outfit, and it's over yeah, no, top I, of it. I really like the ones that are like either high contrast or just blank, like the Forge, yeah. the where he's forge just on white. Green. It's like, yeah, that looks good. He's doing his toast. You see him, and then it's like, yeah, it's a good looking card. Yeah, it's it's why again that's that's why I don't like the Doctor Doom one as much. That's why I said if you get it as a gold split, it's phenomenal because the contrast is beautiful. But whatever. This is why I love doing the show with you, Brad. We can either talk meta or just art at about the same (laughs) level of intensity. So (laughs) we have. Oh man, we're gonna try and get another episode out to you guys before the full holiday kind of break. I'm gonna be traveling. So we'll see how things actually line up. If we don't, then Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Uh, hopefully we do and we can have a fun um, episode to kind of cover in Celine and rest of our card releases as well. Yeah, I would like to be able to talk some Celine, uh, especially after we get our hands on her. So yes, I, what is today? Today's the 12th? Yes, sir. Christmas is what? Next week? 25th. No shit. <laughs> I know what date Christmas. It's a Monday. Is. Okay, I'm trying to think of like what day. Yep. Um, so yeah, we should be able to get an episode next week, I believe. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so, do you have anything else for us, uh, Teddy? Today, anything else you want to discuss? I think I don't got much. Yeah. Love all you guys and sticking with us through kind of a jumbled recording schedule here, but uh, we still love making the show and are going to keep bringing it to you guys. Yeah, and of course, once the holidays kind of uh, secede a little bit, then um, we'll be able to get back on a more consistent schedule. It's just, you know, back-to-back months of uh, just, you know, most of, uh, I don't know if your family is the same way, but I know mine is. There is no actual celebrating Christmas or Thanksgiving on the day of which they are celebrated. It's like you see family A on this day, a week prior, and then you see like even like into the middle of January, it's like, okay, we're going there, their house for Christmas. Cause we couldn't yep. see them like that whole thing. So, Oh yeah. Thanksgiving was fully Saturday for us. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, 
we love you guys. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll have some questions over there in the poll underneath like the little Q&A thing for Spotify listeners. So be sure to let us know what you guys think of the episode. And if you have any other suggestions, uh, let us know. You can let us know either on Twitter at Can't Stop Snapping. Uh, you can tweet at myself at Bradsford or Teddy or hop into Teddy's Discord uh, that you can find the link in the description as well or bug him when he streams. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. But again, don't stop snapping. Yes, sir. Goodbye, everybody. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast hosted and produced by Brad Safer and Teddy Ninja, originally created by Michael Thurman.